0: love queens. queens. Their time has come United Queen darling. Do you remember when we did our special interview with Joe Black back in season two of drag Race UK, which now was about 500 years ago and it has been about 50 seasons since. Um, you guys loved it. It was one of our most popular episodes ever, despite the fact Joe Black was eliminated first and then when she came back, eliminated first again. Um, So yeah, that was a big episode for us. And so we know you love Joe Black as much as we do, as much as Joe Black loves H&M, as much as RuPaul doesn't. And Joe Black will be hosting in Proud Brighton for Brighton Pride this year. And we have um, been long-term time fans of um, Cabaret, uh, Proud Cabaret. I've been to the ones in London, which have been hosted by Julian Clary and Helen Lederer. And um, now they're also in Brighton, and Joe Black will be equally fabulous. They put on an amazing meal. They've got burlesque performers. You get strippers. I mean, they won't call themselves that, but there are no clothes. So there's dancers, there's acrobatics. There's, honestly, there's just a lot of camp fun. So you'll absolutely love it. And, um... Yes, all the tickets for those shows can be bought at proudcabaret.com. On the 2nd of July, they've got Electrofence from Season 3, UK, hosting Drag All-Stars and Drag Brunch in the Embankment and City venues. And then again in Brighton on the 6th of August, uh, that is when Joe Black is on for Brighton Cabaret All-Stars. And uh, yeah, ProudCabaret.com. Sorry, I'm reading and speaking at the same time. You know, men can't do two things at the same time. And also in Brighton, this week and next week, the hilarious, provocative and thoroughly fabulous show called Retrain, Reduce and Recycle. I'll say that again. Retrain, Reduce and Recycle by Clapback Club is out on Friday, Saturday and Sunday of this month as part of the Brighton Fringe. And tickets for that can be found at www.brightonfringe.org. I'll say that again too, www.brightonfringe.org. Sorry, I'm not good at these adverts, but you get the gist. Thank you. United Queen. Have, Have you had a busy day of interviews then?
1: No, I just did just one other one just before this, really, but... Granada
0: tonight. Oh, cool. Are you in drag, especially for interviews? Or are you doing something?
1: Um, no, just for the Granada interview, really.
0: Oh, well, you look fabulous. Giving me rock chick. <laughs> so what's um, your experience been like since season three of um, Drag Race? It's
1: been a roller coaster. Um, it's been fun. It's been exciting. And... Um, my life has just changed completely, to be honest. Um, like I live like a much better standard of life for now. I just, I'm not constantly stressed about money and constantly stressed about work, which is really nice. Um, I'm in a position where I'm able to like look into my other passions again, which I haven't had the time to do for so long.
0: And do you get little reminders of um, what your life used to be like and see something and be like, oh my God, before I wouldn't have been able to do this or do that. And it kind of puts it in perspective a little bit.
1: Oh, definitely, like 100%. There's things that I wasn't able to do before at all. Um, And even for example, like I had this tiny little art studio, um, which was like a good 45 minute journey from my house. Um, And it was just so small, I could not fit anything in there. Um, And now I have like a nicer art studio, which is much closer to my house and has loads more space. So just like things like this are, you know, really beneficial (laughs) to my standard of life in general.
0: Where is your art studio?
1: It's like a ten-minute walk down the road from my house in Bow.
0: Oh, I knew you were going to say Bow. My boyfriend's an artist, and his um, art studio was in Bow, and I couldn't. Really, I've he...
1: actually the same at the same place.
0: Yeah, but is it near that McDonald's?
1: <laughs> yeah, right near the McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, it's so
0: that's the one yeah I'm oh my really god that um he had um he had a small studio as well and it was so expensive i couldn't believe it it was like as much as um i think it was more than our rent actually so it's not,
1: not with Beaux, not with arts
0: I think so, yeah. It was really? like
1: Oh my god, no, mine's big and mine's pretty cheap. Mine's good.
0: Oh, he got ripped off then. <laughs> <laughs> um so do you spend a lot of time there like making your own outfits and your own looks and stuff?
1: Yeah, so I mean I spend a lot of time I, I used to make, spend a lot more time on making my outfits and stuff. I used to do that constantly because I worked a lot more um like i would i'd be doing like four nights a week three nights a week in in drag um, and i'd always want to be wearing new stuff so i'd make a lot more outfits back then whereas now i only do drag like once a week maybe twice at a push so it gives me a lot more time to not have to be constantly working on my looks so a lot of my time nowadays is going into like more traditional artwork which is what I used to do before I did drag, really. Like painting and sculpting and stuff like that, you know?
0: And I bet if you're <clears throat> doing drag like twice a week, then you enjoy it more when you're in drag, don't you? Because you haven't got as tired of it. Um, it's more of a treat. Exactly. exactly.
1: I mean, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's not, I don't, I've not... Like, there's been weeks since the show that I've just not done drag at all because I've not had a booking. And I think the thing is, like... The bookings now are different in a sense of before I was booked more often, um, but it was by people who could pay a lot less. Yeah. So now because I've been on the TV show, my booking fee goes up. There's not as many places that will fork out for that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you kind of limit to like where you can work, which is not a bad thing. I'm not complaining about it. And like I say, it means that I can I can put more time into my traditional art, which is my, my true passion at the end of the day.
0: Well, I still don't think everything's fully got back to normal after COVID, so I'm sure that things are only going to get even busier, aren't they? Because um, yeah, exactly. that was a tough thing, you guys having a season, obviously still affected by the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I mean, the filming process. I mean, we don't we don't know what it would have been like without it. So yeah, it's hard to it's hard to compare, but but yeah, I think COVID did make things more difficult, especially like having to isolate and stuff. Before that was a lot, you know.
0: So um, Obviously when you film Drag Race And then you're waiting for it to be aired Was your memory of it very different From what um, you ended up watching
1: (laughs) I mean it wasn't like Totally different Um, Like, What I I watched on TV Was what I saw Parts of what I saw I just saw a lot more Because obviously you see Like an hour's episode Whereas we are in the studio For X amount of hours you know it's a long time so like a full working day um so and uh, most of that time the cameras are on us and we're being filmed so like it's 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 not that it's like changed it's just that it's cut down a lot um and it's just interesting because you don't know what's going to be shown so I think you, you you have these like this like four five six months where you're kind of like just going over and over and over it in your head, um, like rethinking what happened and blowing things out of proportion, you know, and like that's really that can that can really get to you. So when it comes out, it's kind of a massive sense of relief. Well, that's what I felt anyway. It was like a huge sense of relief that like, oh god, it wasn't as bad as I imagined it would be, or oh. They could have shown me in this slide with what I said there, and they chose not to. Or do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think at the end of the day, I don't, don't think they. Are, I don't think drag race producers are ever out to like get us. That's not how it is. Um, we're all there to make a good TV show, and as long as you keep that in mind, then
0: pretty good <laughs> well, it must have been a relief that obviously you were very popular and the fans took to you very well but it did feel I know you spoke about this before it felt like there was a bit of a disconnect between how the fans judged you on the show ba- compared to the judges it felt like a lot of what us fans were saying was why are they not acknowledging like the level of artistry you were bringing as much as the fans were did was that was it? I, mean,
1: I, did, I you know it, it I agree with that, but <laughs> that's because it's my art and I'm like, I love what I do and I'm confident with what I do. Um, I don't want to come across as arrogant by saying that I felt like unappreciated or overlooked, but it's hard not to feel like that when I felt like I was bringing the best looks and the best costumes that I've ever brought. And I just came to a point when I realized like I'm just not what they're looking for, you know? And that's okay. And I think a part of that is like, I know who I am and I stand, I know what I stand for Uh, and my drag is political and it has meaning Um, and I'm not sure that my politics exactly line up with the show's politics at times, Um, be that on like having hairy legs and showcasing a different side of beauty and you know what I mean? So I think that's when I kind kind of realized, okay, well I'm glad for the platform, I'm grateful for the experience. I'm grateful to be in a place where now I do have a bigger audience, where who I can share my views on beauty to. Um, but yeah, it came to a point when I realised, okay, I'm just not what they're looking for, really, and that's okay. Like, it's not my show. It's RuPaul's show. It's his taste at the end of the day. It's what he's into. Um, and my drag is not for everybody, and I know that. Um, and that's why going on the show was a, a, a roller coaster experience for me. Um, and then coming off of it and taking time to like, look after myself for a few months and pull myself out of a bit of a head spin and then seeing it come out and feeling the love from the audience was the validation that I'd been craving for the whole experience. know yeah, i'd really expected like just the alternative people or like the yeah goth to be into my dragon like that was kind of my expectation and i was very happy with that like i know my dragon for everybody it isn't for everybody i'm like a total like weird ridiculous fantasy monster at times and not everybody likes that it's mm-hmm. <laughs> okay um i like it and i do it for me and i do it for the people that that do like it and so to, to have the reaction that i had and to to be so appreciated by the audience on such a large scale was really, really like overwhelming and fulfilling, yeah.
0: Well, I liked it, loved it as well. So I was one of those. And um, the thing is, I totally uh, understand what you're saying because taste is subjective and no one's like entitled to be validated by RuPaul or anyone like that. But at the same time, I think one of the things that some viewers like myself thought is, well, if you're not into the kind of drag that charity does. Why cast her in the first place? Because it wasn't like you were—you were definitely bringing what you do very well. So it wasn't like you could. Like sometimes the critique is, oh, you're not pushing yourself far enough. You're not um, doing this. Whereas you were definitely bringing what you bring. But it just felt like, well, why cast someone if you don't like what they? Not don't like what they do, but you're not. That's not your style. <laughs> not,
1: not too far off. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but yeah, I think. I, I can see what you're saying. Um, but again, I'm grateful to them still because I got a chance to showcase what I do and showcase this style of drag to so many more people that had never seen it before. Um, and there are lots of people out there who look up to Drag Race in in terms of, like, admiration of these beautiful women these beautiful men that turn into women or beautiful people that turn into women in drag. And sometimes I think that that style of drag being so boxed in and being labelled as the best over and over again, or being like the, the one to be or the, the, the preferred, um, can be like quite damaging on social stereotypes and social beauty standards. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I think it perpetuates this you know, shaved legs, tiny ways, the big boobs, like, it just perpetuates this social beauty standard that we've held on women for so long. Yeah. Um, And I just think as a a gay man, challenging what it means to be a man with all of this, I think it's kind of my responsibility to do that for women as well. Um, So that's why I don't shave my legs and I don't tuck and I don't do these things that people expect of us to be a beautiful woman, like what is that about do you know what i mean yeah. so that's why i was never like heartbroken about not getting very far on the show or expecting to be crowned as the best because my politics and the reasons that i do this are real you know and and i, I would never put anybody down i'm not saying anybody's drag is invalid. it's not i just think other styles of drag need to be brought forward as well held to the same level of respect and held to the same level of appreciation to showcase other styles of beauty that are achievable and to make people feel beautiful who don't look like both cover models
0: well often um on drag race in the history of the show there's someone who kind of does something and gets a bit criticized for it but then in later seasons they end up embracing it so it, and then it kind of so sometimes the show takes a little bit longer to catch up to what's going on in the drag community so i'm sure history i'm sure someone who does more your style probably will be well received in a couple of seasons on the show but it'll be because you were on first to kind of um i
1: like like think of it like that, I guess. That's that's a very nice way to think of it. Um, yeah, I think that, like I say, my my drag is very out there. It's already a big reach for them to have me on the show, I think. Like, it's a big st- for them. Um, like, they've had alternative queens before, but I'm, like, a horror queen, you know? <clears throat> and I do, like, fantasy creatures. Um, and I don't think that's been really seen before. Nina Bonina Brown may be a little bit, actually. She was... She was closest to me, I think, on the show with close, close to my style um, but I think that this was a big step for them, and yeah, hopefully in future we 'll see more monsters
0: well but, two th- two yeah. things that um, two things that really annoyed me one were that, because often the criticism they would give to a queen who has a very clear aesthetic like you is that you're not showing enough variety, but you did that almost straight away, was give a glamour look so that that was like you'd already um, not allowed them to be able to say that. And then the other thing, which I'm still not over, of course, is the uh, scary spice thing, which a lot of us thought was really ridiculous because it's like, well clearly you could see what you were doing there. It's not really that complicated.
1: Um. Yeah, so I mean, the versatility thing was like that did get to me a bit, I guess, because like I was really grateful and really glad that this that the the koi fish runway was like so soon. So I was like, yes, like a yeah. chance to show this, and that means that I'm gonna they're not gonna be able to use that line, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I did show it, and I think that the fact that I had hairy legs. And the fact that I didn't tuck, and the fact that I didn't do these polishing touches, as they might see it, um, made it still alternative, you know. And and that's kind of why. That's the kind of my point here is that you know, there's, I, I, that, that I have a line. I'm not going to put tights on because that would that would hurt me. <laughs> Go against what I stand for. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think. Like that did get to me when they said that I was one note. Oh my God, that did really get to me. Cause I was like, I'm playing every note of the scale here. Like, and some people are just changing their lipstick color. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, that did get to me a bit, but again, like, it's not up to me, it's his opinion. And that's okay It's his show. Um, so. So, yeah, I mean, versatility is something that I've always prided, prided myself on in all areas of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was hard to take. Um, and the Spice Girls outfit, I was really proud of my Spice Girls outfit. It was
0: amazing. I do this,
1: and, and you know what? If I got the same, I would do exactly the same thing again because <laughs> I, I did it to the brief that I was given. Um, and if, if you read the brief that I was given you would be like, perfect. So, sometimes the briefs that we're given and the the t- titles, like, they go, they're go they obviously still going through a creative p- process at that point, so I wasn't told at that point that it was going to be Night of a Thousand Spice Girls, you know, we're not told that. If someone had told me that, if I was given that, I would not have come as a leopard. do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think that it's, it's all a creative process, and what I was asked was your interpretation of a, an iconic Spice Girls look. And that's what I gave. And I also said that on the, on the main stage, but looking around the room next to everyone else, I was like, okay, I've clearly gone a different direction here. So Maybe it was me misreading it. And like, you know, what it comes down to at the end of the day is I went on there to showcase what I do and my style. I did that again with the Spice Girls look, and that's why I wouldn't change it.
0: I know, but it's just different depending on the day, isn't it? It was like on um, season two when Bimini... I forgot what the category was but came out as like an enigma, and it was a bit different from what everyone else had done and they lapped it up so it's like sometimes standing out um, and interpreting it differently will get you praise and then other times it will not. It kind of depends what storyline they have going for you. Um, there was like a rumour that you had been kind of overheard bitching about Rue on the show. <laughs> was there any truth to that? Like you didn't realise you were mic'd or something and that might be why there was a bit of a weird storyline? No, like
1: I don't know where this room i came from and you know i'm not denying that maybe i would have said like that doesn't that sounds like something i would have said when i was like off, <laughs> like backstage but at no point did rupaul like call me back on stage and like tell me off yeah that was People it had like harsh words on stage that weren't seen 100 some of the critiques that were given to me were harsh that were not seen um and i'm i can't i I'm not gonna say any more than that really on it but he didn't he didn't call me back on stage the, the rumor that went round about me saying like if it's good enough for vogue like i did not say that mic to up and get called out on it that did not happen but it does sound like something i would say <laughs> <laughs> I, I may have said it but it was not a big deal like this you know
0: The microphone picked up something you were thinking.
1: (laughs) Maybe, but RuPaul never, never called back on stage and like said, "I'll say it to my face." Like, what? That that never happened. I read all of this, and that never happened. I want to know where this came from. I wish I'd said it.
0: (laughs) There are there are a lot of false rumours about Drag Race, aren't there? People get very creative with it. Um, Do you think that those scenes, uh, the harsh words you mentioned, were not shown? Um, because they would make Rue look bad or because they would make you look bad or both?
1: I don't think it's about making anyone look bad. I think it's about... I think it's about a story and about a show and about things having to make sense. Um, And I think that sometimes the critiques that they give you are broad enough because they don't know where your storyline's going. And... I mean, I don't know really. I just was on it, <laughs> and I, I I got critiqued in certain ways about certain things, which I was really unhappy about, and that that really messed with my head. That yeah. See, you know, so that's that's and that's just the way that it is. Like like you say, they film so much, and there's only so much they can keep in, and you know, specific critiques that that were given. Just maybe weren't worth the airtime when they've got other things to show, um, or oh yeah, I might have made either of us look bad. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a producer, but but yeah, it was it was a it was a tense
0: experience for me. So, um, one thing you must be very proud of is obviously getting to um, speak about your status on a a massive platform like that. Was that something that you kind of had planned to do or were you just going to kind of see what happened organically in the moment?
1: So, I always thought I was going to speak about my HIV on the show. Yeah. Um, I think it's important that people are open about their status anyway. um, Yeah. If they are comfortable to be and in a safe place where they can be. But... For me, that's that is the case, and I feel like I haven't really seen anybody on UK TV talking about HIV, so I thought it was important that I I did it. Um, I didn't. I wasn't quite sure how far into my experiences I was going to go, or how like personal I was going to get with it. Um, but it came to a point in the show where I felt like I was. I had no control. Um, But I need to have control over like myself and my narrative and brand. You know, I've worked so hard on creating a a brand, and I am a PR bitch. (laughs) 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 Like I, I used before I was on Drag Race. I used to spend like one day a month emailing around journalists, just asking for features. You know, that's how that's how I got like a reputation
0: because... You never emailed me. No, I'm checking.
1: <laughs> well, I only, as many people I found through Google, it wasn't like... Um,
0: I don't come up very high in Google results, so that explains uh, it.
1: <laughs> no, we'll make a change. We'll do something
0: about that. <laughs> I, you're my PR now. <laughs> um, but yeah,
1: I... I I've forgotten what I was talking about
0: <laughs> uh, you were saying how um, you're good at branding yourself and how you had to have control over your storyline Yeah,
1: so there came, there came a point where I felt like I didn't really have control over like the narrative of me and I felt like you know the critiques that were being given to me I didn't see as being true to like who I am and what I stand for and and I just thought they weren't seeing me you know and the rest of the girls backstage were seeing me and like in the work I felt like I was being not not like the opposite of what the critiques were so I just didn't really get it and so that's why I thought this is the one thing I have control over like I can tell my story and I can do a good thing here and yeah. I was so like brutally honest um, and it's not like it's something that I've never spoken about before I've had HIV for years now so it's a conversation that I've had many a times many a times it was weird just having it one way, talking to a camera, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I imagine you've had a lot of fans getting in touch, kind of sharing their stories because of your honesty as well. Has that been, like, um, a lot to take in, or is that quite welcome?
1: I mean, I I welcome it. Like, I, I have, I would say, a message every few days about HIV and about, like, somebody else's experience or... Somebody who's worried, or you know, yeah. stressed, or scared about telling people about their status, um, and I- I'm really happy that people have someone to speak to, even if it is like a lot of a lot of messages and a lot of things to go, a lot of things to handle. Um, I think it's important that people have people in that community um, to look up to and to trust with this information. Um, like the stigma is really bad still, <laughs> it's, it's a problem, and, and that's the worst part about being diagnosed with HIV, is the fear around how people are going to react, and how people do react, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be at least reachable for some of these people, um, you know, it's hard when people to send me, like, medical questions, because I'm not medically trained,
0: yeah, um,
1: you know, I'm. I can only talk from my experiences, so I give them like my advice from what I what I would what I would give to anyone in this situation. But I always say to go and speak to a healthcare professional because I can't really advise any more than that. You know, and there's there are there are places out there that you can reach out to, like the Terrence Higgins Trust. You know, who are amazing, have worked very close with since the show, um, and and they are. Uh, a fountain of knowledge Um, and they've been so helpful to me as well
0: well yeah just the the visibility has such a massive impact doesn't it because like drag race is a global thing and everyone sees it so it's just like it's hard to even
1: we've had drag drag race queens in the past who have come out by their HWP status but in the UK it is still quite like unspoken about on TV we had Hits of Sin recently which was brilliant stepping stone but that's talking about how it was then um yeah and it's not like that now like we're happy and healthy um and i think it's important that we see that people see that like people see that it's not just like white gay men as well like this is not i am not the you know be all and end all of the people living with hiv like it's such a a wide variety of people, um, and that's why, you know, we need to see a wide variety of people on our screens talking about their status.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, what um, what are your plans for this year? What are your goals that you still want to achieve?
1: So I go on tour, obviously, for the, for the season three tour in um, autumn which is gonna be fun. And then I have actually, um, go, basically going to university in September to do a degree in fine art. Oh, wow. Like, bit of an odd choice, but I've always wanted to do uni um, and-
0: And you can afford it now. <laughs>
1: exactly, I <I've> can <laughs> afford it now. And not only that, but I feel like I've come to a place where I, can, I am working less regularly. I can work, you know, every weekend and still do my degree absolutely fine. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to be doing drag forever. I still I love drag, and I love doing drag. Um, and it's not like Charity's going anywhere anytime soon because she's paying my bills. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I I don't want to be doing it forever, and I would love to be doing like character design or creature design, or you know, PR design for movies and TV for like Tim Burton or Ryan Murphy or Del Toro. You know, these people who I've always looked up to. Um, that's where I want to be eventually I don't want to be like putting lipstick on when I'm 65 (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh that'd be amazing to work on those kind of films
1: um, absolute goal really who are
0: you who are you most looking forward to on the tour f- for hanging out with does does your cast all get on well still
1: yeah yeah we do really get on well um, I can't wait to see Kitty actually I, I love getting on with Kitty she's an absolute icon and she's so funny and Teresa and River I love River River's been so supportive to me throughout the whole thing um, like she's such an icon and I mean, they're all so lovely, all of them. Scarlett is a babe. I speak with her quite often and we are close. I mean, we all talk like every day on the group chat, like we are still very close and yeah, it's it's gonna be lovely to all hang out. For, a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about
0: that, how long that lasts. <laughs> we, um, we saw Death Drop the other day with Kitty in it, the night where she fell over at the end. Oh, it I was... saw
1: videos on everyone's stories, that's so good. Oh my God, iconic. She's everything.
0: Actually, <laughs> Yeah, well, it really helped the standing ovation because it was just gearing up the standing ovation. She did that and then it was like, and obviously it being called Death Drop as well. It's like, you couldn't have made it up. It was amazing.
1: Oh, she is so funny though. Like, she's genuinely hilarious Um, yeah she really helped me out on the
0: show oh yeah they were all amazing in Death Drop there literally wasn't a weak link at all it was um, very funny
1: was was Anaphylactic in it as well yes I love Anaphylactic Anaphylactic is like my drag inspiration
0: I swear to God, I was so stupid the whole first half. I thought it was Jinx Monsoon and I thought Jinx looks so slim and she is doing an amazing British accent. Like I knew she was a great actress. And then at the halftime, I realized I was like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. But if you see her in the red wig, it does, she does really look like Jinx. Oh my God,
1: Anaphylactic. Anaphylactic was the first drag queen I ever saw. Um, I went to see a show in Manchester and she did Frozen by Madonna. And I was obsessed with her. And I like, she just couldn't take my eyes off her. And ever since then, she's been like my drag inspiration.
0: Oh, I do love, I mean, I love all Madonna songs, but Frozen, I always think of Frozen as the one for non Madonna fans. They always say I don't like Madonna, but I like Frozen. It's like one that universally loved. It's like the goth one. It is, the video is just incredible. (laughs) And um so would you ever consider going back for All-Stars or UK versus the World or anything like that?
1: Uh, uh, I mean maybe maybe in a few years or something I might make a different decision but like right now no not really. I don't think I don't think it'd be in my best interest to put myself through something like that again like it's just not for me. Like being judged by other people on something that I create, which is like so close to my heart. Um, when really, like the the standpoints are like their taste, and that's that's just that's not that's not really for me. Like I know my taste. Yeah. I'm like an extreme costume, ridiculous, like monstrous. I don't want to change that. I know what I do, and 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 I think I've got the platform already now to to do it to the right people who appreciate my work for what it is. Um, again, I don't like I don't like being judged to like working to a brief. Like I want to do what I do. Um, so yeah, I think I'm done with like reality TV for a while.
0: Oh, absolutely, and you don't need it. But I do think I could be wrong. I do feel like often the show. Sometimes tries to guess what the audience likes And sometimes gets it wrong And I feel like if you did go back There might be a bit of a difference now Whether I think often, as much as they have personal taste I think they often will listen to what the audience likes And if they're like, oh, the audience likes this They'll suddenly get on board with it So I I could see you having a much more successful run With the judges a second time And obviously we would love to see you on TV again But you have to put (laughs) yourself first
1: That's That's very nice I wish I was as optimistic but I think, you know, what if I, it, in, in, like, a short-summed-up way for me, it's, like, I felt like he didn't like my drag. I felt like he didn't like my style. So why would I go and put myself in a position where he's in control of, like, my narrative or my success again when my stuff isn't to his taste? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I just going to see why it would be sensible to put myself in a position where my narrative is controlled by someone else again, like doesn't make sense to me so I mean you know Drag can have me on as a guest judge and that's the closest I'm gonna
0: get. <laughs> <laughs> Would you do that?
1: Drag not as a contestant no.
0: No as a guest judge I mean.
1: Yeah of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm sure they'll be asking you.
1: Um... Well, we'll see we'll see I did suggest it a few years back so
0: <laughs>
1: before Drag Race
0: well um thank you for answering all my questions it's been absolutely lovely to speak to you
1: you too thank you very much
0: yeah and i wish you the best with everything and i will see you on the tour
1: yes you'll catch me in the dustbin outside i'm sure
0: (laughs) i'll be there before you
1: (laughs) we'll see about that
0: (laughs) okay lots of love take care you too have a lovely
1: day thank you
0: bye